there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Welcome to the Chronic Podcast with host Ralph Malbro and featuring bloggers Andrew Juge of saintsnation.com, Kevin Held of Team Drops the Ball, and Dave Cariello of Canal Street Chronicles. This podcast is nothing but serious football talk and hardcore analysis. Which four of you would survive the longest in the zombie apocalypse, and in which order would you die? Well, Ralph, no offense, you're going first. Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. The zombies would smell Dave's sugar blood and target him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They'd get his. <laughs> I don't even have a joke, Dave. <laughs> Dave. Dave smells like nougat. Now here's your host, Ralph Malbrook. Welcome to the Chronic Podcast. I'm your host, Ralph Malbro, and as always, we're joined by my co-host, Andrew Juge. And we have a special guest tonight, 1997 Saints Hall of Fame inductee and current KOIN sports anchor in Portland, Oregon, Stan Brock is joining us. Thanks, Stan, for giving us some time. Um, I know you're in the Northwest, so Seattle and Green Bay was well, a huge deal for you yesterday. What was your thought watching that game? That was uh, just a crazy game. I mean, just uh, the Seahawks getting crushed, you know, in the first three quarters and almost through the fourth quarter and finally coming back into play. And uh, it's a little bit similar to the championship game, turn the ball over four times and still able to win. Uh, I don't know. I've, I've never seen anything like that. You cannot turn the ball over and, uh, and win in the, in the national football league. I didn't think you could, but obviously you can, you know, Stan, I'm glad you we were able to have you on because a lot of the talk in this game was the, the, the Packers had fourth down and goal from the one yard line and one another time at the half yard line. What did you think of the decision that Mike McCarthy made? And interesting, I want your take as an offensive lineman. How do you feel? Do, do you agree with the coach, or do you like give us the ball and we're going to jam that son of a gun in there and we're going to score a touchdown right now? Yeah, well, I I think first let's start the conversation with uh, that uh, their coaching staff knows way more about their team and their strengths and weaknesses than than <laughs> than we do. Let's start with that. But as an offensive lineman. You know, you you want to have that opportunity to to put that ball in the end zone and and really uh, uh, one yard. You know, if you can't get a yard, then really you have no you 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 don't deserve to win. So, um, but speaking from an offensive lineman standpoint, yeah, I want that. I want that opportunity. Hey, Stan, this is Andrew. Um, you know, I obviously have a lot of memories from you from your time with the Saints, and uh, I'm curious if you could just speak quickly about kind of the direction of the NFL. I mean, obviously. Seattle is maybe a little bit of a throwback to how the Saints used to play when you were on the team, winning with defense and running the football and being very physical on the offensive line. I remember, you know, you and Joel Hilgenberg, of course, and, uh, you know, just being physical and, and being able to run the football and establish yourself and keeping the game low scoring and close. You know, obviously the, the league has completely changed since then. And uh, most of the teams are built more like the Packers where you see big explosive plays, less defense, 
um, receivers making plays. And so curious about your opinion of how the league has kind of transformed. Yeah, I think, you know, it's actually the, the guys that are playing are, are bigger and stronger and faster, but I, I don't know. I, I struggle with it sometimes in, um, uh, in some of their techniques and the way that they, they do it. You know, they're just so big, the linemen can stand up. We should just call it belly blocking. You know, you just stand up and move through there. And, you know, running backs are quick enough that all they have to do is get three or four yards and, you know, and go down and then, you know, even Seattle, you can say what you want, but they're a big play offense. You know, they, they, uh, you know, they make big plays. They, they got that ball in overtime. They got the ball in the 13, and uh, you know, six plays later, they, they went 87 yards in six plays. And um, but they do have Marshawn Lynch. I do like the running game. There's enough. Uh, there's enough real football that I, I still like it. I still like it, but I. I uh, I can appreciate the uh, the athletic ability of uh, of these guys and and how they how fast they are and defensive backs are much better and uh, Andrew you're spot on you know we really we had a great defense and uh, really the goal of the offense was just not to mess it up. <laughs> Dan, you know that loss yesterday. We people were joking on Twitter and different. You know, as a Saints fan, my, my wife asked me, "What if the Saints lost like Green Bay did? What would you do?" I said, "I'd move to a cabin in the woods for about six months." <laughs> yeah. You know, and you played in, in a Super Bowl with San Diego, so obviously yeah. losing a Super Bowl must have been just gut wrenching. But is are there losses with the Saints where you, where not that they haunt you, but that you think back and you and, and it just you get sort of yeah. a pit in your stomach, and you think, "I can't believe we lost that game." Yeah, there's a couple of them, but one, uh, if you want to, it's a, a bit of a blow-up similar to the one that we saw yesterday by Green Bay, and no one moved out to a cabin, as far as I know. But uh, <laughs> we played uh, Dallas, I think, on Monday night, and uh, or maybe it was a Sunday night game, but uh, I don't know. We were ahead, huge, huge, and uh, everyone turned their their TVs off and went to bed knowing that the Saints had won and the uh, actually the Cowboys came back and uh, you know they got a safety of Kenny Stabler in the end zone and ended that, up uh, that ring a bell to you guys that rings a bell for me absolutely I, I watched all the games and, and then and they had some they have they had some rough games and I want to say 83 where you, yeah. you guys missed the playoff by one game. You lost to the Jets on a Monday night where they ran a punt back late. Oh, that's right. I, yeah. was, I was thinking oh, of the Rams. Maybe it was the Rams. <laughs> we lost one to the Rams, too, with a late punt, I think. That, yeah. 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 Um, you know, Stan, if you look back on your on your Saints career, and, and players today, they're, they're very politically correct, but is there a player that you either hated to go against because he was a great player, or you just – hated him because you didn't like him yeah you know uh he's from down there too but uh i don't know hate is a hate is not the right word but uh i uh i didn't care for neil smith and uh, he played <laughs> for the kansas city chiefs and and we had some good battles um and especially when i went to san diego we had some good battles but he was one of those guys um you know back then we had we had fun it was there was a, there's a whole other world going on between those line in the between the offensive and defensive line, and there's a lot of talk going on. I'll tell you a good story: is that the uh, Atlanta Falcons are, you know, they're hated by the all the New Orleans Saints and the the teams and the people and everybody. But those were great rivalries, and uh, uh, defensive end Mike Gann is who I played against, and 
Let's see how it worked out. Uh, let's see. Atlanta beat uh, Dallas, and that secured us going to the playoffs. And so I had our equipment manager, Dan Simmons, call their equipment manager. I wanted to know, you know, did Mike Gann, does he like fishing or hunting or what's he kind of like? So he does. He likes to fish. And so I sent him a um, – I went down to Puglia's and uh, got him a really nice rod and reel combination and sent it to him. But in there, I put a note, you know, thanks for helping us get to the playoffs. But if you ever tell anybody that I sent this to you, I'll deny it. And, uh, <laughs> and you know what? We, we uh, became friends when I was coaching up at West Point. We recruited his son uh, to come up there. And so uh, and his son did come up there and play for us. But those were fun kind of rivalries. You know, you, you hated each other on the field, but – once the game was over, it was over. Well, Stan, I, I got to ask you a question. You know, I, I think if you talk to any modern Saints fan, and, you know, obviously since 2006, it's amazing. I mean, you, you can go to the four corners of the country and really even internationally, and uh, the Saints have become a household brand uh, because of the story after 2006 and, of course, winning the Super Bowl in 2009. And so now the Saints have fans everywhere, you know, obviously growing up. Uh, if anything, even in Louisiana, you'd see a lot of Cowboys and 49ers fans. So it, it's, it's, it's crazy to see how that's developed. But um, I'm curious, yeah. you know, obviously fans know Marcus Colston, and uh, he's never been to a Pro Bowl. And uh, he's been with the team now for going on. He came in 2006, so this would be his ninth season. Um, and, you know, everyone kind of identifies him as the best Saints player of all time. Uh, to never make a Pro Bowl, but you've actually been with you had been with the Saints for 12 seasons and uh, 13, 13. OK, and, 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 and even even arguably higher quality of performance than Marcus Colston, as good as he is. Uh, so explain to people, how did you not make a Pro Bowl? I, de- I never cared about the Pro Bowl, quite <laughs> honestly, did not care about it. you know who votes for the Pro Bowl or the or your opponents. Back then, there was no fan voting. So. Defense voted for offense, and offense voted for defense. So my goal was not to have any of those people on the other side like me. That was not my goal. My goal was to have my teammates like me. And I will tell you that I'm very proud of the fact that I was voted twice by my teammates to be the most valuable offensive player. And I was voted to be captain there for uh, basically my whole career. After my second year, I think I was captain there. Those are the kind of things that, that meant something to me. I, I – my goal is not to be your buddy or your friend when we're out there playing that game. My goal is to, to beat you, to, to, to win. And uh, so I would say the same thing to Marcus. Just don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. Your, your teammates enjoy you. Your, the people around there, they know how important you are to that team. And so Pro Bowl – they can, they can have a Pro Bowl. I don't, well, I mean, let, me, let me just say, Stan, I mean, remembering you from the 80s and the early 90s, I think, uh, you know, for Saints fans that don't know or haven't seen you play, um, you know, the best tackles of all time in Saints history. I mean, it's, it's really, it's, it's Willie Rofe and it's Stan Brock. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. You know, Stan, it's, it's interesting with linemen because, you know, a lot of times, you know, the wide receiver or quarterback, people will say, oh, that, that game you had where you were 30 or 35 and you threw for 350 and you had two touchdowns. But I never hear in interviews a guy say to a lineman, man, when, what game do you remember where you were like, I was fantastic? I know a line is a unit, <laughs> but what is? do you have any games where you're like, man, I, I was no. fantastic in that game? No, never, because it's always we. We were had some fantastic games. We, we did as offensive line, and 
I mean, one of them was, uh, I think we lost three linemen in a single game. And uh, we went to play the uh, 49ers. And uh, we went out there, and then as a group, we beat them. And uh, the the whole offensive line was voted the Sports Illustrated Player of the Game or Player of the Week, whatever it was. So, you know, those are the – no, that's why you don't hear linemen talk like that because – they never do anything by themselves. It's it's always us. We do it. You know, we we're successful or we're not successful. So nope, never never had a great game where I I I never did. For linemen, Stan, when you know the Saints' interior is starting to get old, and I know you were a tackle, but what are sort of you know? I listened to Ross Tucker talk on a podcast one time, and he said, you know. I had it. He said uh, he explained he had a back surgery, and he said I just lost like three or four percent of my explosiveness off the line. And he said since I was a fringe starter, barely a roster guy, he's like that was it for me in the NFL. When were you a player where you said, man, three years ago I'd have made that block or I'd have done that? What what skills for? I'm always interested. What skills for linemen? The physical skills. What starts to go early if you're not injured? Let's say. Well, I don't know that it's skills that lead. You actually, you actually can do a lot more uh, with a lot less effort as you get older and more experienced. Mm. What hurts, or what what usually runs you out, is the the fact that you you can't prepare during the off season uh, and get ready. There's not enough time. Or uh, my thing was at the uh, my 16th year. It was very difficult for me. The week in between uh, games just wasn't quite enough time for mm-hmm. me to, to get ready and be able to be back. And uh, I spent, you know, it took me really 45 minutes to get out of bed uh, Monday mornings. Uh, and I think that's where you that's where you lose it. You just lose the. It's just you don't have enough time to get your body ready to go again. But see, it was a different time. Remember now, man, it was. It was a little different than, uh, you know, practice is what, is what was hard. Practices is what wore you out, not, not the games. The games the games were easy and simple. It was practice. It was those two days of full pads, full rip, the whole deal, you know. And, uh, Wednesday and Thursday practices, those are, what, those are what wore you out. Well, Stan, I think, you know, just kind of expanding on that, you look at the Saints offensive line now, and obviously you've got Zach Streif, who was drafted with Colston in 2006. And then on the front line at the guard positions, you've got Ben Grubbs, who's 32, uh, Jari Evans, who's been a superstar for a long time, but he, he's, he was also in that draft class in 2006. And now Jonathan Goodwin is a free agent. He's 36 years old, and he, he may not, he may retire, he may not come back. So I'm curious when you when you, we watch these players play and, and you know for fans it's hard to really understand why are these guys other than they're just getting older why are they declining but you, you sensed at times this year that Ben Grubbs and Jari Evans who've both been Pro Bowlers just weren't playing at quite the level uh, that they had in years past what what kind of signs do you look for as a fan when you're trying to identify whether these guys are dominating I mean obviously you can look at obvious things like does the quarterback have time you know, is the running back getting to the second level? But I'm curious from a pure technique standpoint, is there something that you're discerning eye as a lineman you look at and say, that guy doesn't have it anymore? No, I can't tell you. I can't say that there's a skill set because so much of it is in your heart, you know, and it's uh, when you break the huddle, you, you have a mindset that 
that uh, I'm going to win. Uh, I'm going to beat you. So, you know, there's a lot of guys that are very, very gifted that can only play a little while. And there's some guys that, that uh, just want it, want it really bad and refuse to let see, our, the only job for alignment is don't let that guy, <laughs> your responsibility, don't let him touch the ball carrier, whether it's a quarterback or a running back. He, that's it. There's no, the back when I played, I didn't think there was any rules. There was no Marcus of Queensbury rule in a street fight. You know, you just, my job was to keep you away from that, that football. And that's all. So the technique might fade, you know, or you might not be as fancy or as smooth as you once were, but uh, you can get the job done. You know, Stan, one of the things I do when I want to avoid work is I watch old Jim Mora clips of him yelling at the media. Um, And I always wondered, was he as animated with his rants to inside the locker room? And do you have any a good Jim Mora story that you could share with us before yeah, you, before we let have, you go? Yeah, I have some good Jim Mora stories. <laughs> no, he wasn't. I'll tell you what he was. I, I really believe that he was fair and, and he he just asked you to do your job. And, and when he got upset, you know, you knew he was upset. But I, I will tell you that, you know, when um, – uh, when Bum Phillips was there and when he left, I was disappointed, you know, that he got fired because I was a big Bum Phillips fan. And, and Coach Moore came in, and, and Bum Phillips' uh, dress code when we traveled was if your mother saw you, she would be proud. That's That was his dress code. <laughs> and so uh, Coach Moore came in, and uh, and he, he, uh, he implemented, uh, you know, coat and tie. Well, I don't know age the age i was i was a kind of a smart ass and and um so i went and got a western bolo tie and i had a uh a sports coat that was oh i don't know probably 10 years old and didn't fit me so i carried it over my arm and i wore um uh boot jeans and cowboy boots and my boot jeans were were frayed at the at the heel you know how they get and uh you know i just one time I was walking up that uh, the steps and Coach Moore walked up behind me and and he didn't make a big deal out of it. He just said, you're pushing it. I said, what's that? And he goes, you're pushing it. And I knew I was pushing it. And, uh, you know, so the next week, I, you know, because he didn't make a big deal out of it and I thought, yeah, I might as well you know, try and fit in. And so I went and got a pair of slacks and a coat and tie and, and I wore it and I'd walk him by in the, the next time we traveled and, he was sitting in his seat and he just reached up and grabbed my arm and he just said, thank you. And, uh, and I really appreciated that guy from that point on that guy, uh, I would have done anything for him because I believe that he knew people that he knew, uh, how to motivate. He knew when to some of his ranch and raves, uh, rages at the, uh, media, they were really so that we would see him. The players would see him. They were messages for us. So, um, no, I got Nothing but great memories. He was good. He, uh, you know, I wish we could have uh, won. I think we had the uh, the best teams in the NFL during that time, especially defensively. Um, and I wish we could have won. We we worked awful hard during that. All of us were in our prime too while he was there. So, but we just never never quite got it done. Stan, thanks so much for joining us, everybody. You can follow Stan at S Brock K O I N on Twitter. Uh, Stan, thanks again for joining us, Guy, and uh, good luck. 
appreciate you guys having me on. You guys have fun. Thank you. Thank you so much, Stan. All right. Bye. All right. Now we got the other two knuckleheads joining us. We got Kevin Held, and we got Dave. He'll be back. His his he dropped out, but I'm sure he'll be back shortly. Uh, Held. That game yesterday. Um, if it was the Saints game, uh, I don't even. I don't even. Green Bay is not getting over that, ever. <laughs> yeah, I was. Yeah, I was thinking this morning, uh, driving to work. Like, is it, you know, like, is that the worst playoff loss for Green Bay? And the only thing, the only thing I can think of that's even close is the the fourth and twenty six game uh, against the Eagles. So, yeah, but that wasn't to go to a Super Bowl, and they weren't up sixteen to nothing. I mean. God. They just—they had so many opportunities at a kill shot too. I mean, I know. I mean, I mean, I mean dude, Russell Wilson threw f- four interceptions. Four. four I mean, he should have had five. I know. Dick's and forget the interceptions. He was just top to bottom awful. Just awful. I mean, that's the thing that really makes like, you. That's the thing that really yeah. makes you sick. Is that he just does not deserve to be in a Super Bowl playing like that. I mean. Dave, people kind of compare – today I heard people comparing it to the Minnesota loss when they lost to the Saints in 09. But that Minnesota Saints game was back and forth, back and forth. And, yeah, Favre had the pick at the end, which at Minis- if you're Minnesota, that's horrible. But there's like about five things that happened for Green Bay that went against them that if you change just one of them, Green Bay wins. Like I don't know. I don't know, man. I feel like the Vikings, it was that way, too. I mean, Adrian Peterson fumbled, like, inside the yeah. Saints' 10, like, five times. <laughs> man, I forget about that. <laughs> yeah, there were a lot of goddamn fumbles. Yeah. Um, and Dave dropped out again. Uh, you know. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you this, guys. I, I just think, and I, I, I've remembered Peyton Manning say this. Uh, that, you know, hey, I'd rather lose in the regular season. I'd rather go seven and nine, I'd, you know, than to go through the pain of, of a season and get that close to a Super Bowl and blow it at the end. I mean, I'll tell you right now, I would pick the Saints season this this year over what just happened to the Packers. Yeah. You know, and I think I think if you look back to That's the Saints question. last year, you know, I, I was disappointed that they lost, but you, you kind of – Going into Seattle, they had already gotten dump trucked on Monday night. You expected them to lose. So you, you could almost stomach that loss. I mean, for me, the the 49ers game hurt so much worse than yeah. the Seahawks game. And I just think when you're that close to a Super Bowl and to lose a game like that, we've talked about this before, it just leaves scars yeah. for life. That's a good question, though. Dave, Dave's back with us. Dave, would you rather not go to the playoffs <laughs> at all or lose like Green Bay did yesterday? I think honestly, I think I would rather not go to the playoffs. As, I agree. As yeah. silly as that may sound, it's too um, much pain. Because you, I mean, that's, you know. I mean, you, you think I, kept, yeah. I feel bad. I feel bad for the guy. You know, I have three medical students that I rent the apartment above me to, and one of them is from Wisconsin, and he's a a big Packers fan, and uh, you know, I, I knew. You know, I saw him earlier in the week, and I told him good luck on Sunday because obviously I wanted the Packers to beat the Seahawks, and uh, and and I knew that uh, that 
when the game was going on that, you know, it would be kind of loud up there and my house really, uh, you know, you can hear even the slightest bit of noise um, from upstairs just because it's an old house, you know, and the Packers were winning and there was lots of yelling and screaming and, uh, you know, he would play a, you know, a song, he played a song really loud on his stereo after they scored a touchdown. Um, but at the end of that game, it was dead silence. <laughs> I don't know what happened to him. I was worried he killed himself up there. I was thinking about calling the police. Did you, did, did you check on him the next day? Was there an odor coming from the apartment? He, he emailed me today. He emailed me today. So I do know he's alive. But, um, you know, I felt bad for him. And I have a few other Packers fan friends. And um, that was that was probably that was war. That was definitely worse than. I have to admit, I think that was definitely worse than the way the Saints lost to the 49ers. Yeah. Well, yeah, the Saints, the the Saints in that game built a giant hole and turned the ball over a ton, and you never felt like the Saints. I never, for one second, felt like the Saints had that football game anywhere near close to in hand. Green Bay intercepted that ball with five minutes to go, and I was like, "Well, that's it." That's, yeah, that's and, the, and, we, that's and the, I had that's my... the death blow. Yeah, and I had my we had the game on in two TVs, one in the kitchen and one in the living room, and we had family over and my in-laws over. And when they intercepted that ball, I was like, "Oh, that's it, the game. You know, five minutes, the game's over. They just need to get a few first downs, and uh, you know, that's fine." Even even if I was, and I even said because my father-in-law was like, "Oh, you never know, you never know," and I was like, "Even if even if they give the ball back to the Seahawks and the Seahawks score, they're gonna Green Bay's gonna get the ball back anyway." And they're not going to give up two touchdowns, uh, uh, but sure, sure enough. Dave, Dave how, how easily you forget Saints-Lions this year. No, I know, and that's what I was going to say is that, you know, the Saints lost it, – it, it felt very similar to two or three of the games that the Saints lost earlier this season. Obviously, the only difference, though, is that – you know, we're, those were in week five, week six, week seven, week eight, whatever. They weren't in the NFC championship game. But um, the Saints lost games in a very similar manner. That that yeah. that and, and that Lions one in particular, you're right. Um, giving up that big play um, to let the Lions back in scoring position in the red zone. And then the Raphael Bush. Uh, you know, inter- just stop. Just call. stop. Please just stop. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I mean, just just like in this game, just like in the Packers game, uh, the Packers Seahawks game, there were in the Detroit Saints game, there were a lot of um, plays that you could point to that said, well, if they just didn't do this or if they just didn't do this simple thing. And I mean, you know, you've got the failing to recover the onside kick, um, you know, or uh, my thing was is and I said this from the very beginning, I, I said I said this when it happened. That the Packer and you know, so I'm I'm saying that because I, I'm not saying this as a revisionist. I'm not looking back and saying, oh, they should have done this. Now that I know what the end result of the game is, I said this at the time. The Packers should not have kicked at least one of those field goals yeah. off of, after the turnover. They should have stepped on. They should have put their foot on the neck then, even though it was early. Even though they were getting all those turnovers, you had to know that this is the NFC Championship. The Seahawks are a good team. Uh, you had to know that the Seahawks were at some point at least going to put up a fight and come back. And you were going to need those points later. And even then, I said, no, no, no. Maybe the first time, okay, you kicked the field goal. But the second time, when no. you're that deep, 
you just you gotta go for the for the for the touchdown. Even if you don't get it, so what? They're already deep in, in your territory. Yeah. You get them to stop. They punt the ball. You have good field position. You know, I, I, even at the time, I knew that was a bad decision. I'm Hell not saying that as I'm looking back. Hell I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that, Dave, because I, I mean, I, I remember so many times this year where Sean Payton rolled the dice and went for it, <laughs> and, and it felt like they got stuffed every time. But you know, I I, I just think when you're looking at that defense. The odds of, of you getting stuffed are, are pretty strong, and yeah. I just feel like if they would have gone for it, they wouldn't have gotten points. And so you're talking to a guy, and I'm 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 a guy who says I think that no team should even punt the ball. I think they need to be like <laughs> yeah, that, right. that yeah. high school team in Arkansas or whatever. Yeah, admittedly, I'm more of a Jim Moore uh, philosophy: kick the field goal, yeah, take the punt. I'm, I'm all about province stats, and I, I say fuck it. If the statistics yeah. well, say always go for it on fourth down, fucking go for it on fourth down. Right. <laughs> it's gonna come out in the end. You're gonna win. It's just like when you're gambling or doing something. You know, you may make a a move at the blackjack table or the poker <laughs> table that maybe doesn't feel right. Maybe that goes against your instinct, but that's what the math says to do. You just gotta do it because in the just, end. If that just plays out over time, you're going to come out on top. Well, I'll tell you who hasn't come out on top. Me and Kevin held. Kevin, this is our nightmare scenario for a Super Bowl. This is it. Yep. It has come to nightmare pass. Nobody wants this. So so what do we do? Do we root for Truther Boy? Or do no. we root for Brady to be the greatest quarterback ever? No. Like, like uh, Kevin said on Facebook, you root for the meteor to come and hit the earth and wipe them all out. <laughs> right, but basically, yeah. Um, Bane, 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 Bane. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty Hopefully much. Bruce Willis isn't on that meteor. I'm going to destroy Arizona. <laughs> Kevin, um, yeah, the, like, what, when was the last time you enjoyed a Super Bowl this little? Last year, probably. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, seriously, like, I, wa- like, I was sitting... I was watching the game in in uh, in my living room, and within the first ten minutes, I was already just kind of like, "All right, I'm just gonna like lay on my couch now." And I actually fell asleep at some point during the Super Bowl. I mean, I woke up like five minutes later, and I think the fucking Seahawks managed to score again. And I was just like, "Jesus Christ, what am I even doing watching this?" And so I spent like most of the rest of the first half going in and out of the game, going in and out. Uh, you know, getting food or, you know, doing shit online or whatever. And yeah, so that that's probably the first Super Bowl. God, since maybe my fucking childhood where I was not completely engrossed by what was going on. I mean, look, I, I remember watching the fucking Bucks and Raiders Super Bowl in three different locations. And. I was like, oh, my God, we got to speed to this next place because I, I don't want to miss any of this fucking game. Like, about the Bucks and the Raiders. And it was a blowout anyway. Yet, I had to be at each fucking, you know, place I had to go to. Okay, I got to go to my girl, you know, got to go to the girlfriend's house. Now we got to go to the bar. Now we got to go here. Now we got to go back to my girlfriend's house. But we got to get there before all the, all the fucking good stuff happens because I don't want to miss any of this game. No, I... Pete Carroll's winning. Pete Carroll's winning again, isn't he, Andrew? God, I hope not. I don't know. I, I feel like the Patriots have tapped into some magic, though. I feel like I don't know what it is, but they're 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 fooling everyone. Yeah, um, deflated and, balls. <laughs> yeah. So 
you know, I, I mean, I'm, I, I can't <laughs> believe I'm saying this, but I, I'm rooting for Belichick and Brady. I cannot believe I'm gonna have to do this. I am. But yeah. I just, I just can't see Seattle win another Super Bowl. I just can't. Yeah. I can't yeah. handle it. And 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 that's the killer because here's the thing: nothing there. Even if even if that happens, even if I, I don't even want to say if, if the Patriots win, even if Seattle loses, we're gonna be inundated with with. Am I still on this call? Yes. We're going to be inundated. Okay, thank yeah. God. All right. We're still going to be inundated <laughs> with your Bill Simmons's, oh, Jesus. you know, God. slurping the nads of Brady and Belichick. And then conversely, thanks for that. Conversely, <laughs> we're going to be hearing, you know, like I live in St. Louis and all these shitheads in St. Louis can't stand the Patriots because all boo hoo. You know, they ruined Mike Martz and uh, Kurt Warner, all that kind of stuff, blah, blah, blah. I can respect that. I hate the 49ers. So, so is the local, does the lo- local crying almost make it worth it for you, Kevin? Uh, Yeah, to a degree. Because I'm not going to lie. You know, UVA is big here. And whenever they lose, you know, I, I get an extra little pep in my step uh, <laughs> from, you know, just, just the sadness that surrounds me. <laughs> uh, there was actual Saints news before we get to Twitter questions and the Pelicans oh, and uh, our topic of the day. Who did what to who? We no, they the lost Super Scout. Uh, Ryan Pace hired John Lucas. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about Mark Ingram to the Pro Bowl. Oh, whoop-de-doo. Nine running backs ahead of him are like, I'm not going, <laughs> and he's going to go. Congratulations. No, no, I feel like that's a good notch in his belt, though. And yeah. going into free agency, maybe it helps. It, well, it, it helps for so. an agent to be able to say my guy made the Pro Bowl. It but absolutely how, helps. How big of I, – I feel like Ryan Pace, I was like, it was bad. But I, Andrew, you even admitted last week I didn't think it was as big a deal as some making it out to be. But, Andrew, when you combine Pace and he took the scout that drafted five that, – that, that identified the five draft picks from 2013, he took him to be the pro personnel director for the Bears. Losing both of those guys, I'm kind of worried now. Uh, I mean, it's just going to depend on who they replace him with. I mean, if you look at Loomis and you look at Sean Payton and you look at uh, some of the talent that they've brought in, Dennis Allen, um, uh, the coach of the Bills who just left, whose name escapes me, uh, what was that guy's name? The Doug head Marone. coach of the Bills? Yeah. Uh, you know, Carmichael. Uh, there, there's been a lot of solid coaches. I mean, Greg Williams, say what you will. Um, the guy is doing a fantastic job with the Rams now. So they, they've had some good coaches. They've had some good scouts. Um, you just got to hope that they can replace them with guys that are equally talented or better. But, yeah, I'm worried. All right, Dave, fun question, and I'll let everyone else answer too, but you can answer first. What is Mickey Loomis going to do first? Is he going to A, replace Ryan Pace, or B, fire Monty Williams? <laughs> um, I don't follow the Pelicans as much as maybe you guys do, so I can't really truly give an answer to that question that would have uh, a, you know, that would be based in fact, but I would say. I can do that. But I would say probably they'll find a replacement for Ryan Pace. I think that's obviously that's uh, that's a pressing issue. That that's something that needs to happen. They don't necessarily have to fire Monty Williams. So 
I thought the Pelicans were doing okay. Everybody they were, they were until they did the trifecta of suck and lost to the Knicks, the Sixers, oh, we, wait, and wait, wait, the Celtics wait, wait, wait. Okay. all in a seven-day span. I'm from I'm from New York, and all my friends at home are Knicks fans, and so they're always talking about how crappy the Knicks are on Facebook. And I, from the impression I get, the Knicks are like possibly the worst team ever in the They had lost sports. 16 in a row until today when they beat the Pelicans. Wow, wow. Kevin, what's going to happen first? That's, that's, that's and like and the didn't the Sixers the start the season like 0-23? Oh oh yeah, I don't care that they yeah. didn't have any Davis yeah. on holiday. I don't care. Kevin, what's going to happen first? They're going to Fire Monty. I like Monty. Fire Monty. I like him. He's a good guy. He's not, he's not a good coach. He's not a good coach. He's a great human being, but he's not a good coach. Um, I, I want them to fire Monty, but I, I don't I don't know what you would get. My my biggest fear is that they fire Monty and and or Dell Demps, and then we get Joe Dumars and Avery Johnson running the ship, uh, and I'm not sure that's an upgrade. So no. Um. So uh. But I, I mean, I want them to fire Monty. Um, I think it's one of those things where if they don't get a high profile coach, a guy that in in the Brow's best years on that team, then they're gonna piss away any chance of retaining them. Yeah. Um, you know, this is their window they, to try to keep the best star in the NBA, the best rising star in the NBA. If they don't, if they, you know, if they don't cultivate that relationship in, in a winning culture now, uh, they're going to lose him just like they lost Chris Paul. And dear Pelicans bloggers, I like you. You're analytical. You give me cap. You give me knowledge and all that kind of stuff. But for the love of fuck, could you get <laughs> mad? Could you yell? Could you scream? Could you make jokes? Could you just not treat it like a math equation? I got mad today. It's okay to get mad. It's okay to vent, for God's sakes. Jesus. Yeah, I'm not bitter at all about it. that it's going to be okay when it's you It's not going to be okay, Andrew. It sucks. <laughs> God, I, this, this sports, this 2014-15 sports season just blows hell. It just blows. Um... All right, now we come to the part of. But the hey, awesome. at least Ingram made the Pro Bowl. We yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. Ingram making the Pro Bowl is like Homer Simpson getting to play on the softball team champ in the championship game because all the other uh, all the pro athletes either had their head swells, uh, they were bailing bailing out appliances in a fire, <laughs> they got into a fist fight with Barney at at Moe's. They got arrested, or, uh, or or they fell into a uh, a vortex. <laughs> yeah, the, the funny thing with Ingram is the Dallas Cowboys. They they told DeMarco Murray, "Yeah, we know you just rushed for eighteen hundred yards. How does four years, seventeen million dollars sound?" So I'm of the opinion that the Mark Ingram market is going to collapse, and he's not going to get more than two million a year. That's my prediction. Of fun. So, okay. as we try to get Dave back on, wait, what did, did, didn't didn't uh, no Sean didn't he get two years five million? No, he got one year. For how five, much? For, for five million. Four and something, four and change. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I could see. I think Ingram gets at least two years, seven million. Yeah. All right, we'll see. We'll we'll debate that as we try to get Dave back. All right, me and Kevin were trying to figure out like fun bullshit non-football topics to talk about as we go to the dark times of no news and actual football to talk about. So this week's topic is worst date ever. 
Now, before we get to our stories, I asked people on Twitter, and holy shit, did I get some responses. Um, so I'm just going to start out. This is from Oily Earl. <laughs> Oily Earl. I don't know if it's true, but it's funny. I went on a date with a girl who was a lawyer. She worked with a group that got people off death row. They got a guy off that killed my friend's little brother about 20 years ago. Didn't see her again. She felt really bad. That's a pretty bad date, Dave. What's the worst date you've ever been on? Dave, are you there? We lost Dave again. Dave, Dave are you there? Uh, nope. Dave is not there. I guess not. So, Kevin, tell your worst date story ever. All right. So, uh, all right, you and, know, and don't go all recency bias here, Kevin. Oh, no, God, no, I'm not going to do that, man. I was actually going to say up until a couple of years ago, the story had kind of a nice uh, sappy ending. But, uh, you know, developments uh, changed all that. So, anywho, my sister got married a while ago, uh, like several, several years ago. And one of my good buddies, uh, Lee, was at the time dating this very attractive uh, young lady. And I said, hey, man, uh, you want to come to my sister's wedding? He said, fine. Can I bring my date or can I bring my girlfriend? I was like, yeah, sure. Uh, can can she bring me a date? She says, fine. Um, and I'm thinking, all right, I'm going to see pictures. You know, I'm going to get like options here. No, that didn't happen. And he said, yeah, she's got somebody. We'll show up at the uh, church during the wedding ceremony, and then we'll all hang out at the reception and afterwards. It's like, okay, fine. What does she look like? What does she look like? And my buddy insisted, insisted that she was perfectly okay, that she was perfectly okay, that she was, you know, that she was cute, that he'd seen pictures of her himself, and he essentially vouched for her. Like, all right, good. We, uh, I'm standing in the wedding, not like groomsman, but I'm doing something else. Can't remember what the fuck it was. Are Ushering you an usher? Lady. Yeah, probably something like that. So I go up to get communion at the wedding. I loop around after getting communion. I kept, I see my buddy. I see his girlfriend sitting next to him. And then sitting next to her is the, is the gal that's supposed to be my date. And holy shit. Not, uh, look, I will readily, I by no means am, and especially was a prize at that time, but, uh, was it a dude? <laughs> um, <laughs> like, like it, like imagine if you, if imagine somebody allergic to bees <laughs> and like, <laughs> And like somebody, somebody pulled a wicker man on them and then said, okay, wait about 20 minutes till you're all swollen up and then let's cram you in a dress and have you sit in a pew (laughs) in church. And then, so, yeah. So so the reception, no, not attractive (laughs) in the slightest. So then, so the reception was a disaster. My buddy was like, all right, well, we're going to hang, you know, like I had agreed to hang out afterwards that night. My buddy apologized to me for weeks, months, 
years on end and finally not long enough yeah oh no no no. well he ended up actually introducing me to the woman that would be my ex-wife this sounds like a somebody you should not be friends with no jesus (laughs) were you presenting were you presenting that little bit uh, about meeting your ex-wife as evidence that this guy is a good guy because I'm I think that you're you're doing the 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 other side a favor by mentioning I'm this doing thing, it no? wrong I know I know <laughs> yeah all right um <laughs> yeah well yeah but like I mean that's not she's, she's ugly I mean that's not a bad day. I mean it wasn't like you rolled over a cat or something or you know, killed her dog. <laughs> Allergic to bees. Yeah, this sports Cajun <laughs> said, how about my junior homecoming where my date decided afterwards that she'd rather date women? Oh, I got another one. All oh, right. yeah, and Andrew's got to go. Andrew's got to go because I got another one here. All right, I'll go to try to lighten this thing up. I went on a date with this girl. <laughs> what do you mean lighten it up? Has this been a somber conversation? No, it's not. Uh but it's a better story than Kevin's. So I go on this date with this girl from Matt. She's attractive. Um, and the date when was is this? How old, how old go, are you? I don't know. It was like, Can we get a little context here? Like I was like 20, I don't know, 26, 27 maybe. Okay. So I go on this date and, and she's, she's nice looking. She, you know, and it was a good date. And, and it, you know, it went really, really well. And at the end of the night, like – I'm, you know, bringing her to the door, and it's, it's, it's good times, and and I like lean in, and we like do a little kissing, but her wrap up move for the is, kiss. Is your is your wife listening to this? Yeah, she listens. She knows this story. Okay. So the wrap up move after the kiss, she licked my face <laughs> like a dog, and I'm not talking like oh, a little lick. I'm talking full on tongue in a circle, clockwise around my face. Now, my, my wife is laughing. Here's the thing, though. You're probably thinking, you're probably thinking, oh, if a girl licked my face, I would be like, what the fuck are you doing licking my face? But you don't do that. You go into like shock, and you're like, did that? Did that just? Did that just happen? Did she just lick my face counterclockwise? Yeah, she did. Then. I guess she thought I liked it because I was just standing there like a fucking deer in headset. She did it again. And then said goodnight. I didn't even know what to do. I literally, I think I stayed at her door. It felt like I was there for five minutes after she shut the door. But it was probably only like 30 seconds. It's probably like one of those events where you like you, you, you get in a car crash or something. You see a traumatic thing. It feels like it lasts forever, but it only lasted 15 seconds. I don't even know, like, why a person would think that's okay. And I feel – the only thing I feel bad about is I never emailed or called her again. I feel like I needed to do her a public service and be like, that is not cool. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Dave and Andrew, for some added context, <laughs> prior, prior, to that, prior to that incident – Ralph had full use of both sides of his body. Yes. So it was just, you know, I it was it was a it, that gave me shock and cerebral palsy. It gave me a stroke. So I should be angry at her, but I'm just stunned that she thought it was cool to lick my face. Um, she probably she probably did that a week later to the next guy, and he just absolutely loved it. 
Okay. Yeah, well, you know, for, for every little weird picadillo and and fetish, there's there's a there's an internet forum that's into that kind of stuff. <laughs> Andrew, what's your worst date? Uh, I mean, I don't really remember any, honestly. Um, I mean, yeah, favorite I, I, tennis I, player was Yvonne Lindell. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know that I've ever really had disasters, but I will tell you this story. Um, I feel like I've got to be respectful to my wife here too. I've got a couple of kids, man. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I will tell you this: my uh, so my wife and I went to college together, and I actually dated her sorority sister in college. And so I mean, we knew who each other was, and we were up in Virginia. But you know, I was from New Orleans; she was from Baton Rouge. So um, we were both from Louisiana, and I. Um, so we graduated, and I, I didn't talk to her after graduation for a couple of years. And, uh, you know, this was right around the time Facebook started. Um, and so I, uh, I was fortunate enough, by the way, to not be on Facebook during college because I feel like that would have been <laughs> a real problem for me with uh, the parties and the pictures and all that. But anyway, um, so, I, uh, so I get on Facebook, and then, you know, a couple of years later, she gets on, and, you know, you, you get, like, the alert, like – friend of a friend and and I see her and so I send her a message at like drunk off my ass at like three in the morning four in the morning and it's literally like subject line you you know like idea and then it's just like hey we should hang out like the most pathetic you know just idiot clearly drunk and and the thing is I didn't remember sending it so and obviously she wasn't heavy into Facebook so like a week later uh, she writes me back, and she's like, "What? What the hell is this? Do you even remember sending this?" And when I saw her response, I, I did not remember sending that note. So I, I I read that back, and it was just like, "Oh my god, I Oops. can't believe I did this." Whoopsie. But anyway, the rest is history. Uh, Dave, your worst date. So um, my, anyway, my my moral of the story, my advice to everyone is: don't drunk if, Facebook. If you don't if you don't have a significant other, just get blackout drunk. Go on Facebook, message someone, and it'll work out perfect. Nine years later, you'll have two kids. There you go. (laughs) So, Dave, your worst date? Uh, Everyone since before I met my wife, everyone was Is she in the room with you, Dave? (laughs) Maybe. No. (laughs) No. I'm kidding. She told me. Is her finger on the switch? (laughs) She's like. Uh. I'm I'm kind of like Andrew. I mean, I never really had like a bad date, you know, nothing oh, man, you know, wild you or crazy. But um, you two but, I'll, but I'll say I I feel like this happens to a lot of people. But I was there was one time that I was hooking up with a girl for the first time, and it would be the only time. Um, I was about <laughs> twenty. I would say maybe nineteen, twenty. We were in my parents' basement in New York, you know, because I would have to like go home over the holiday. It was probably over like the holidays. And you know things were kind of getting pretty hot, hot and heavy, and <laughs> and then of course uh, she says, "Oh wait a minute!" And then of course she then proceeds to throw up. Nice. Um, and that was that was the end of on you. Up. No, What's no. What's worse, no, I, having a girl throw up on the date or lick your face? Throw up. Throw I don't up, know. You know. I could, I kind of like that. Then you feel bad for the girl, you know, because she's embarrassed, and I don't know. But I feel like that happens to a lot of people. I feel like a lot of people have throwing up while hooking up stories. 
Yeah, that has, that's a that's a that's a lot of stuff in college. Uh, let's see. Yeah. We have any other uh, bad date stories? Mm, no. I <laughs> well, I was looking on Twitter. Oh. Um, <laughs> Chris, uh, no, we don't have any more. Uh, I, I do. I do have a quick question for Kevin. I'm curious, like with Tinder, if yeah, there you ever or, or any of these sites, like, do you ever meet someone and is a girl ever just like, yeah, this ain't happening? Like three minutes in, and they just leave. No. With Kevin, that, yeah, absolutely. That, that, actually, no, no, actually, no. Surprisingly, not. Like I actually kind of thought that at some point it would have happened because you know it's the 21st century. It's a online forum, and if people want to get in and get out, you know, hey, more power. Get in and get out. Time. Yeah, well, I mean, like, hey, if you're there for five minutes, and if you are completely turned off by me, and you don't want to hang out anymore, just be like, yeah, I'm gonna bail. Like, well, right. It has to happen if people are like fraudulent about their pictures. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, I mean, I could totally see a girl seeing Kevin and saying, "Wait a minute, I was promised a mohawk." <laughs> um, yeah, uh, like it's a couple of times it's happened where I've gone out on the date, excuse me, had the full date, and messaged them like the next day or, or two days afterwards and they're just, and they message me back and they're pretty straightforward. Like, yeah, I wasn't really feeling, uh, you know, like a connection or whatever. So I'm just going to move on and I message them back and I'm like, all right, thanks for being, uh, thanks for, you know, being honest with thanks for being straight. So take care. You don't do that. You're like John Cusack and you had go to their house and you have the radio in the air. Old guy reference. No, it's but like Peter Gabriel in weird. your eyes. It's 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 weird because. <laughs> all right, we the light, the heat. No, I, so it's, I mean, like, like just, Kevin, it's, like it's if you wanted to, you Tinder every day of the week. Well, I mean, technically, I do because I, I open the app and I'm just like swiping one way or the other on on different people i mean whether or not somebody like the only way tinder works is if i swipe and say yes i would date this person or or something else uh and if that person saw my profile and swiped and said yes only then would we both know about it and only then could we message each other so basically, you're just sort of like fishing to find somebody that matches with you. Trolling for bitches? Is <laughs> <laughs> that really what you're doing? I mean, that's what the – that's what you – it's like – yeah, it, it's just like you cut out all the email back and forth, let me buy you a $20 de- meal. You're just cutting all that out. Well, no, you oh. have to buy them the $20 meal after you like yeah. them, right? Yeah, I mean, you can like, like I'm, you know, I'm still at some point supposed to go meet up, meet meet up with a lady to to go get uh, beverages at some point this week. So I don't know when. Uh, I'm I'm not sure when when that's going to happen, but yeah, I mean, that's beverages will be consumed. She'll talk to me about whatever. I'll let her know what I'm into, and if she's not. Uh, turned off by the fact that I wrestle in my spare time and I (laughs) 
and I do a fucking podcast about the Saints even in the off season. <laughs> I wouldn't call this uh, a Saints podcast today. Right. Uh, then well, yeah, have then, a fine guest. Yeah. All right, let's move on. All right, well, yeah. that's pretty much it. I mean, we got a week no off. Twitter, no Twitter, Twitter, no Twitter questions. Well, they not really. No, they were all about I mean, about your and, uh, Atlanta ever hire a coach? They're gonna hire Dan Quinn tomorrow. They already hired fucking Kyle Shanahan as their offensive coordinator. Uh, uh, quickly, is there is there anybody that we should care about at the Senior Bowl that we should really pay attention to? <laughs> hell if I know crickets dude, dude come on come on man well I, I don't know if he's a senior but I think he's a senior but um Vic Beasley of Clemson Mel Kuyper Jr. just had his first mock draft and uh he uh he had Beasley going to the Saints uh they're 13th right 13th pick yeah is that, is that right okay until they trade back Right. Um, so they had Beasley, uh, Kuiper had Beasley going to the Saints. And, uh, you know, that's interesting. I mean, I, I, I kind of like that pick. Um, I, I would have maybe play outside linebacker. Um, then he's maybe he's maybe a little bit like too much like Junior Gallet, except he's got more versatility. Um, oh, but shit. if Junior Gallet's going to be suspended – um, and I don't mean off the field. I mean with his talents on the field, Kevin. Um, but um, yeah, you know, I, I, I know, Gillette, I know. But if Gillette's going to be suspended, but, but, then we no, no, need no, a pass rusher. No, no, but that's code for tweener. Yeah, there's yeah. a little bit of that. None of this there's tweener shit. Well, I, 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 but I would say Junior Gillette's a <laughs> Junior Gillette is is less of a fit as a outside backer than this guy would be. Yeah. Um, so, and if Gillette's going to be out. I mean, the Saints' pass rush was mediocre with Gillette getting 10 sacks. If he is suspended, uh, the Saints need somebody. So yeah. I, would, I wouldn't hate that pick. Here, another date. I had a girl's boyfriend show up at our date and fight me. Kevin, your turn. That's what. Uh, that's from. Why Saints is he going Saints. on a date with a with a, on a with a girl that has a boyfriend? You don't know that. Shit. You don't oh, you're know. Saying I mean, that like, this person didn't know that that she had a boyfriend. How would how, how, Kevin could do that tonight on Tinder? So he could meet some broad, and then her husband could come up, and Kevin would have to suplex him, show him what's what. I actually, the, my first long-term girlfriend actually was a lady that uh, told me she was divorced, not divorced. but uh, was still uh, married, and her husband was uh, was. A shithead. I'm divorced, but I'm not divorced. But was she? Well, was she? Se- she was separated. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She was living. She was living else. Like they were living apart. Separated. But he was a shithead. And one night, we were driving home, and he like pulled up next to us, <laughs> or behind her. So she speeds back to her place. We go inside, and he parks across the street. And just stayed there for the next hour. And I Dude, just you, you said, were like this. five minutes away from being on Discovery ID, Kevin. <laughs> right. And I called the, you know, called the police. The police showed up. They took him into custody, and they contacted the uh, her and told her, "Oh yeah, we found a knife in his truck." Oh, that's mm-hmm. nice. It's too bad Sean so, Orleans yeah. wasn't around back then to handle that situation like a man yeah i know yeah I mean, kevin you really hang out with the wrong people man, do, man. Get off the- yeah well i mean you know get off well the- she was an ex-stripper so get off the t- <laughs> get what you, you could have mentioned that earlier club, kevin come on we've been through this but i'm proud of you for dating uh cinnamon 
yeah. Actually, her actually her name. Oh, what the what the hell was her name? Fuchsia. No, 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 no. It was uh, it was a Beatles song. Um, sexy Sadie. It was sexy Sadie. Yeah, if you like this podcast, you're going to love the next seven months. <laughs> we are right for you. Because this, if you thought this week didn't have football, give us about three weeks. And then yeah. you'll see a podcast. The thing still are some coaches, man. Yeah, they do. I, I, saw, I, I saw somebody. I mean, they, they can't just wait like two months, right? I mean, they, they've got to do this. No, that's got to get done this week. In fact, I should probably check Twitter right now. I'll check Triplet and see. Um, they got a. Yeah, they, by, by the way, your sources suck, Ralph. They do. I, I have like my, my my sources are dried up, man. They're yeah, just, I think mine are about to be dried up. My yeah, mine just I don't like I used to have them, but they're all gone, man. All all the all the behind a lot of the behind the scenes people for the Saints that I knew when I was covering them in like oh oh three oh four oh five like. They they got they some of them got other jobs in the NFL and Sean Payton weeded them out man he the, the people that leaked he he systematically went about cutting them out you know and we're yeah. and we're old Andrew Just, we are not young uh, as so, evidenced by the fact that we interviewed Stan Brock and knew who he was <laughs> people know Stan <laughs> Brock is that should have uh, been the first question so who are you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guarantee I guarantee you that at least I'm gonna say 75 percent of the people that listen to this podcast have no idea who Stan Brock is. That's what Google is for. Uh, so let's 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 wrap this atrocity up, huh? Shall we? Uh, double bag it. Double <laughs> bag it. Go to Street Chronicles. Dave, what are you gonna have? Are you gonna have a Pro Bowl thread Sunday? Uh, yeah, probably. He'll have <laughs> Andrew is counting down different things. Twenty comments. <laughs> Andrew's counting down different things on Saints Nation. Yeah. He'll 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 have write up when the Saints do finally hire a coach or a pro personnel director or whatever they're gonna do. And as always, Kevin is on Tinder. <laughs> that never fails to make me laugh. So oh, that's great. For Kevin, for Dave, for Andrew, I'm Ralph. Uh, until next week, be safe. And thanks, Stan Brock, for coming on. Make sure you swipe Kevin on Tinder. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, 
the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery.